Hey, greetings everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West here and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Program. Hey folks, Lieutenant Carl Allen West here at Watchtower Firearms. This is the uh, custom design uh, AR-15 that was just made for me. It's got my Steadfast and Laurel logo there. On this side, you can see my signature, my master parachutist wings, of course, American flag. And I just want to tell you that you can't be a great American unless you have a great American weapon. And that's exactly what Watchtower Firearms is building. Great American weapons all American parts manufactured right here in the great state of Texas. And oh, by the way, the, uh, let me see, where is the serial number on this one? TX1836. If you're from Texas, I think you know what that means. God bless you. God bless Washtow. You know, these mass shootings that happen in the United States of America, horrible, tragic. Our sympathies and our hearts go out to the victims, to those that are wounded, to those that have lost loved ones. But I think it's also important that we take the time to reflect on these events not from a political ideological perspective or look and see how we can use this for some type of uh, political advantage or gain, but really to sit back and peel the onion back on this and start solving the issue and, and not just rush to judgment one way, shape, form, or the other so that we can make some or score some points. So when I look at this main shooting and, and all throughout this little monologue, I'm not going to use the names of those that have taken away innocent life. I, I don't think we should. I don't think that we should give them a platform, and I don't think we should have other people believe that they want to have their name, you know, go up in headlines or what have you. But I think it's important that we look at each and every one of these events because there are some trends. There are some dots that can be connected. But there are also lessons that we have to learn and we have to take actions thereof. And again, it's not just about coming out and saying, well, gun control, gun control, gun control. That's the easy way out. Well, that's the coward's way out. That's the political way out. But we cannot continue to set these events up to happen and then be executed. So when I think about the lessons learned from this shooting up in Maine, the very 18 lost their lives, some 13 or so were wounded. 
we pray that those who are wounded will be able to recover from their wounds and they will not be added to the other list. But we've got some precedent. We've got some other t things that have happened along those lines. You know, we have to be careful about these establishments of gun-free zones. I mean, when you put the placard up and you say that you cannot carry a weapon in here, the legal law-abiding citizen is always going to follow that. But what you just did was give a green light to a person who could care less about a placard in, in, the, uh, in the window of, a, of an establishment, who could care less about following the law. And that's why all the people talk about, well, we're going to make this act and we're going to pass this law. What, bad people don't care about that. You know, if this were a case where this establishment, this bowling alley and this restaurant, you know, once again, you know, because there's alcohol served, they have said that, you know, legal law-abiding citizens who have a concealed carry permit, you cannot bring your weapon in here. You're violating a law. They're going to follow that. You can go back to the shooting in Colleen, Texas. Well, the young lady who lost the loved one there, she left her firearm outside in her vehicle in the parking lot. The person who came in did not care about the rule or the law or the little sign in the window. They had evil intent in their heart. And I can just imagine even still to this day, that woman who I've seen in many testimonies, she's still haunted by the fact that she was a trained person, concealed weapons license holder, and she followed the rules and left her firearm instead of saying, you know what, if they don't know, they don't know, and I'm going to bring it in there. We did an interview with a dear friend of mine, a University of Tennessee graduate, alumni friend, Nikki Goser, who's the exact same thing. The establishment that she went into in Nashville, Tennessee with her husband had a little placard. Law, rule, you cannot carry your weapon in here, even if you're a legal law-abiding concealed carry holder. You cannot have possession of a firearm in this establishment. Nikki, if you remember that interview, left her firearm in the car. The man who had been stalking her did not. He walked in and unloaded a complete magazine from a 45 caliber handgun. Not a semi-automatic weapon, but a 45 caliber handgun into her husband, who was sitting right next to her. She watched the execution of her husband while her legally owned firearm was sitting in her car. See, we've got to stop creating these gun-free zones and then the legal law-abiding citizen abides by it, but then the establishment takes no responsibility for providing them the safety and security. I mean, 
if you want me to leave my firearm, then someone uh, on your staff, someone in your establishment should be armed and trained and ready to respond. Or you hire armed security. But we have got to get to the point where we're no longer telling legal law-abiding citizens, firearm owners, you are now unprotected. And we're not going to protect you. And they become targets. They become sitting ducks. As what we saw happen up there in Maine. What we saw happen in Colleen, Texas, what Nikki Goser saw happen to her in Nashville, Tennessee. It happens in many and various other places that I'm not even mentioning. Another lesson learned from this main shooting is that we have people that are always talking about this is why we need red flag laws. But yet when there are red flags out there, for whatever reason, we don't act on it. The fact that the shooter in Maine was known to law enforcement, had already said that he was hearing voices, that he wanted to shoot up a National Guard armory. And this past summer, if I'm reading the reports correct, has spent time in a mental health facility. Now, if that's not enough red flags, tell me what are. But yet this exact same person is able to go out there no longer under any surveillance. No one has gone in and used a Baker Act or something to say that you cannot have these weapons because of what has happened. And on the 4473 form, it asks a very direct question about mental health treatments on the 4473. I know because every time I go and purchase a firearm, I have to fill out a 4473 form. Doesn't matter that I'm a retired colonel in the United States Army. Doesn't matter that I'm a former member of Congress. Doesn't matter that I'm the former chairman of the Republican Party of Texas. Doesn't matter how many times I've done it before. Every time I purchase a firearm, I've got to go through and accurately respond to each one of those questions. Unless you're hunting Biden. If you're hunting Biden, you can lie on a 4473 form and you just get away free with it. But let's look at some other places where mental illness has played a part of this. And remember, I'm not talking about this gun control thing. That's the easy way out. But think about what happened in Sandy Hook, Connecticut. Remember Sandy Hook? Barack Obama crying all over the place. Immediately he comes out and starts talking about gun control. The bottom line in Sandy Hook was that we had a young man that had mental health issues. And for whatever reason, we had a mother that had firearms in that home that were not properly secured. And he was able to get a hold of those firearms, kill her first, and then go and kill those children in Sandy Hook. Somehow we've got to do something that says, okay, you want to be a legal law-abiding firearms owner. 
But if you have someone that is suffering from mental health issues that resides in your domicile, and somehow that has to be known through the NICS system, we don't maybe deny people from having their Second Amendment right, but somehow we've got to make sure that there's some checks on that household. Somehow we have to make sure that those firearms are secured so that someone cannot just go and grab those firearms. A person that has a certified mental health issue and do what we saw happen in Sandy Hook. <coughs> Aurora, Colorado, exact same thing. The shooter in Aurora, Aurora Colorado, who shot up the, the theater there when they the opening of the, the Batman movie with Heath Ledger as the Joker, he was being seen by a mental health specialist. I understand that, you know, maybe there is a, you know, patient-doctor relationship. But somehow there should have been a red flag there. There would have precluded that individual from being able to go and purchase a firearm. And, of course, lying on 4473 form, which is a felony offense. But obviously, since we're not correcting this, obviously if we're not enforcing it, we're going to get more of this. And the same was true with the individual that shot Gabby Giffords. He was sectioned out of the United States military, basic training, because of mental health issues. Why wasn't that uploaded into a NICS system? Just the same as in Sutherland Springs, Texas. The individual that shot up the church there in Sutherland Springs, Texas, did not have the honorable discharge from his service in the United States Air Force. Why? Because of domestic violence. The United States Air Force somehow forgot to upload that into the NICS system. And so he was able to go out, lie on a 4473 form, get a semi-automatic rifle, and those congregants there at Sutherland Springs lost their lives. And maybe more would have lost their lives, but it was a trained firearms instructor, NRA certified, my dear friend Stephen Williford, who neutralized that target. So if you want to talk about this gun control thing, so obviously the legal law-abiding citizen is going to adhere to the law, but the criminal is not. That was a breakdown of the system. Uvalde, Texas. We know what happened there. In Uvalde, Texas, once again, a, a young man that's not very stable, but he lived in a home with his grandparents. And his grandfather had a felony record. When you are a felon, you lose your Second Amendment rights. And even more so, you cannot be around anyone that possesses firearms. So how was it that the shooter in Uvalde, Texas, was able to go and put down the address of his grandparents, where his grandfather lived, and oh, by the way, he should, he, he should have been registered there because he is a felon. No red flags. Think about the children who lost their lives because of that. Parkland, Florida. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. A place that was in the congressional district that I was honored to represent in Congress. I've spoken there at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. I attended their ROTC. 
military ball. The shooter there was well-known. Countless amounts of call-outs to his home because of domestic violence. He had been expelled from that Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, transferred to another high school. I think it was Travella High School there in Broward County. But no one solved the issue. So how is it that this kid, with all of these domestic violence issues and call-outs to his home, is able to go and purchase a firearm? You know, there were some kids that were interviewed there at Parkland, and they were told who it was that committed that act. They weren't surprised because everyone seemed to know that this kid was not stable, that he had issued threats in that school. But yet, where were the red flags then? So now all of a sudden people always want to come back and say that this is why we need this new law. This is why we need that new law. This is why we need to undermine the Second Amendment right of legal law-abiding citizens, as the governor of New Mexico sought to do because of the rise of crime in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is basically because of the policies of the Democrat Party and the flooding of illegal immigrants and cartel activity, drug activity, things of this nature. But no, we're going to suspend the Constitution, the Second Amendment rights. See, that's the cheap answer. That's the cowardly answer. Instead of learning from each and every one of these things and start saying, how can we prevent it from happening again? Stop with the gun-free zones. Or if you're telling me that I have to surrender my right to protect myself, which is enshrined in the Constitution, then you have a responsibility and right, I mean a responsibility and duty to provide protection to me. When you talk about this whole thing about mental illness, let's start dealing with mental illness. Let's stop allowing people that that should not be able to go out and purchase firearms to be able to go out and purchase firearms because they can basically, basically just lie on the 4473 form and there's no checks and balances to it. I understand, you know, client-patient relationships. But I also understand that there has to be a safeguard against these people going out there and doing exactly what we saw happen in Maine when everyone knew. A guy that has said he wanted to shoot up a National Guard armory. He heard voices. He has spent some time in a mental health facility this past summer. And somehow he's able to walk into a bowling alley and take innocent lives. See, the real thing that I, I think we've got to understand from this shooting in Maine is that we're being watched. Intelligence is being gathered on us. When you have a wide open border, we're exposing ourselves to a vulnerability that will be attacked. This Biden administration has allowed some 1 to 1.5 million people to come into this country illegally and we don't know where they are 
I mean, we call them gotaways. I call them a threat. And I want you to think about this number, 1 to 1.5 million in this country illegally. We have no idea who they are, where they are. Then on top of that, think about the single military-aged males, to include Chinese, that are showing up that we just allow to come in. I mean, we, we see them, we know them, but we allow them to come in as well. This number that we have allowed into the United States of America that we cannot track, which is mainly single military-aged males, all you have to do is go out to West Texas and they'll tell you about the folks out there trying to go through the Big Bend Mountains. They don't want to get caught. These are young men. That number of one to maybe two million, that is greater than the active duty strength of our United States Army and Marine Corps combined. Our preeminent ground combat force. So in essence, we have a ground combat force that is larger than our active duty ground combat force here in the United States of America. We don't know where they are. But yet we go up putting sides on things saying gun-free zone. We have shown how easy it is to lie on a 4473 form. Thank you, Hunter Biden. And you can get away with it. And if you don't think some of these folks are getting supplied, you know, with weapons by the cartels, which is a transnational narco-criminal terrorist organization, you're smoking crack. When you look at what is going on in our streets, we have people on the streets in the United States of America that are supporting an Islamic terrorist organization that on October the 7th of 2023 killed Americans, 30, took Americans hostages. And we're allowing these people to be on our streets and supporting a terrorist organization? See, that's the reason why just recently, in the same week when we remembered the 40th anniversary of the Beirut barracks bombing, October the 23rd of 1983, 254 Marines, sailors, and soldiers lost their lives at the hands of Hezbollah, which is sponsored by and supported by Iran. Now that was on a Monday, the 23rd of October of 2023. By the end of the exact same week, guess what happened? We granted a visa to the foreign minister of Iran the number one state sponsor of Islamic terrorism in the world. This guy, eh, not exactly a good guy on a terrorist list himself. We granted him a visa to come to the United States of America on our soil, speak at the United Nations, and issue a threat against the United States of America. Why not? I mean, we got the border wide open. We're showing that we don't protect ourselves. We're showing that we'll go after legal law-abiding citizens instead of going after criminals. We've allowed millions to come into this country, single military-aged males illegally. 
See, what happened on October the 7th of 2023, somehow, sadly, Israel lost operational control of their border. Here in the United States of America, the Biden administration has purposefully and intentionally given up operational control of our border. At a time when our enemies can see that you can go into an establishment and gun down 18 Americans and wound another 13. Imagine that happening all across the country because we got gun-free zones. Imagine that happening all across the country because we have allowed people to come in here illegally that don't mean us good. Imagine that, how that can happen all across the country because we have people that are on the streets supporting an Islamic terrorist group that just killed Americans. To include members of the United States House of Representatives, elected officials that are advancing the cause of a terrorist organization. You know, in, in Israel, on October the 7th, of 2023, there are only two to three percent of Israelis who are legal law-abiding firearms owners. See, they don't have a Second Amendment. And luckily, they learned the lessons of October the 7th, 2023, and they lifted the restrictions. See, here in the United States of America, we got between 60 to 65% legal law-abiding gun owners in the United States of America. But, of course, we have a progressive socialist left that wants to take that away from us. They say it all the time. And who's going to protect you? It's not even the millions that have come across the border legally. Antifa. BLM, who has aligned themselves with Hamas. You know, we had Wayne Black on this program for an interview. You can go back and watch that interview with Wayne Black. He told us how vulnerable our schools are. That should not be the case. We spend more time securing sports venues than our schools. Someone's watching us. Someone's gathering intel on us. We're creating and we have established more soft targets all across the United States of America. It's unbelievable. It's unconscionable. You're telling me that I'm the bad person? That I shouldn't be able to protect myself? Leftists want to disarm America at the worst time possible. Which makes me believe that in some way, shape, form, or fashion, they're in cahoots with all of this. I mean, you open up our border. You're allowing single military-aged males, some we know, millions we don't know, to come into this country. Chinese. China's not just going to allow a bunch of single military-aged males to leave China. I mean, you got to be stuck on stupid if you think that's the case. But yet we want to tell Americans every single time that one of these things happen, we don't want to do the due diligence. We don't want to try to correct it for the case-by-case -case basis. We just want to have this blanket response that's about gun control. Let me tell you something. You know, 
That's a Glock 43X. I don't leave home without it. Now, when I go to travel to other places, I mean, sometimes I may check a handgun and I'll coordinate with people on the other side to make sure I get ammunition. But I have the responsibility, I have the right to carry that weapon. The words of the Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, therefore the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. On April the 19th of 1775, the British military invaded, and they were marching toward Concord, Massachusetts. On April the 19th of 1775, there was no army. There was no Navy. There was no United States Marine Corps. But what there was were trained men. That's what well-regulated means, trained. Men of the militia who came out of their homes and met the British at Lexington Green and then eventually also at Concord Bridge. That's why the Founding Fathers gave us the Second Amendment. <coughs> the Founding Fathers understood that we had the responsibility, as it says, being necessary, necessary to the security of a free state. We're the front line. We're the first response. We're the first responders for the safety and security of this free state, of this constitutional republic. And our right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. <clears throat> so why are we allowing it to happen? Marco Rubio moment. <coughs> I have four interviews before this. We're setting ourselves up. For an October the 7th, right here in the United States of America. And you need to be committed to not allowing it to happen. Because we have an administration that's committed to allowing it to happen. And the only way that it does not occur is that you are steadfast and loyal. Before they burn it down.